2: Hello, 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 friends. This is That So Retrograde, and I'm Stephanie Sambari beaming in from outer space. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi. Hi. Where are you beaming in from? Silver Lake, California. Okay, friends. One of us is (laughs) in the multiverse and one of us stays tethered in Silver Lake. (laughs) What can I say? We got to keep our ears and eyes to the ground in the sky. Both realms, guys. Both realms. How is everybody doing? Hey, it's still 2020. (laughs) Okay. We're crawling to the finish line. (laughs) Because everything will change once we hit the new year, right? I mean, listen, I'm just going with the Remington Donovan School of Thought, which is though everything may not change in an instant, the vibration will shift and so we will see changes.
0: What a delightful way of looking at it. What a rosy, rose-colored... Perspectives.
2: I'm um, trying to see the light when everything's so dark. <laughs> no, we hope everybody is doing great yeah. and enjoying this final month. Finding joy. That's my latest push. Guys, we got to find our joy. Yes. Get out there, jump around, play some music, go for a dance in your house or out on your patio. I don't know, but just do something to raise your vibe because totally. that's our responsibility on this planet is to raise the vibration. As I said last week, do
0: just enough, but keep it pleasant Ooh. and keep it pleasant. Ooh. It's just like, let's not put too much on our to-do list
2: my recommendation is throw out the to-do list and buy a hula hoop. <laughs> Just Dr. Simbari is
0: in the building. Yep. I will say what I've been doing in the morning that's been quite delightful. Spotify has like a holiday piano playlist, morning piano playlist or something like that. Okay, I didn't realize you throw were Throw it my on. My
2: literal grandmother, but this is a I excellent. Am, I part.
0: am. Throw that on. Throw on the fireplace app onto the TV. Do my morning pages, and I'm in biz. Guys. I know what
2: you're doing. You're having
0: yourself a <laughs> merry, merry
2: Christmas.
0: It's quite nice. Also, on that tip of doing just enough and keeping it pleasant, we are by the time this goes out about two weeks into our holiday advent calendar. So cool, Elizabeth got together with Megan Wallace James and put together like a little house tidying list, just like a one little thing to do every single day. In lieu of chocolates, we're dialing in our space to close out this year and welcome in the new. And it's been a a fun little thing. And you can jump in anytime. It's saved on our highlights. So don't worry about time. Time's not real. Start whenever. It'll be there for you. You can do more than one thing in one day, too. It's like the lowest amount of lifting that that ever could be. I love that. That's and you don't exciting. need to like post about it or anything. It's just like meant to just like do your thing, a tiny suggestion. You're off to the races.
2: A gentle reminder that not everything you do needs to be reported to Instagram. Exactly. Exactly. I'm excited because we have a fun episode today where we talk about the uh, wellness trends of 2020 with Kate Spies of Well and Good, a publication that we have long been fans and friends of. And I was wondering if I could share with you an LOL of what my wellness trend of 2020 has been.
0: You can always share not only a trend, but an LOL. Thank you
2: so much. I have heard of this new great superfood called wheatgrass, and I've been taking wheatgrass shots in the morning, and I feel like it's really going to be someone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wellness trends of yesteryear coming back around. I just feel like there's some things that should have never been left in the dust. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some things that are classic. Chanel. Wheatgrass, you know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel all the time. And I was actually really resistant to it because the guy that I buy my sprouts from at the farmer's market are you guys into sprouts? Sprouts are my other 2020 rows. Um, I buy like 19 different kinds of sprouts. I don't know why. I just. looking for control in my everyday life, Sprouts. But he was like, I make this wheatgrass and it's the best wheatgrass. And I was like, ew, wheatgrass tastes like shit. It's so like old school. I I don't get it. Like I was kind of being like a, you know, a hater. (laughs) And then he's like, I'm going to let you try it for free. And you tell me if it doesn't taste like sugar. And dead ass, it tastes like a delicious cup of sugar grass. (laughs) Interesting. Because it's like really, really fresh. And like, he was kind of explaining to me the process by which like most wheatgrass is get to the store and get to these juice bars like they're kept for too long and and they're actually like going bad when you're getting them and that's why they literally taste bad Mm -hmm. which makes perfect sense anyways it gives me so much energy and clarity in my brain and it's been like amazing for my digestion which has been a little sus since I stopped leaving my house and, and and by that I mean you know I'm consuming everything inside at all times and so <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to have a regular poop schedule. Oh, you too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I would be remiss not to mention if anybody has ever had any or is currently doing like any dental work or any sort of things in your mouth. You take the wheatgrass pulp. You can go to like your juice guy. Everyone has a juice guy, right? Sure. Yeah. Larry and ask and get the pulp and you pack your mouth with it. When I had my gum recession and you have to do the little surgery to fix it. Oh, the God, only th- I know. Stop I know. It. Sorry, I had to bring it there. But the only thing that brought me any relief from the pain of that was someone told me to pack my mouth with the wheatgrass pulp. And it was so
2: healing. Yeah, it's like really, you know, if they don't. call and it, it was super cooling. It's just like magical. Yeah. So yes, add it to the list well and good. <laughs> 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 TBT, wheatgrass, it's so retro. Okay, so guys, I think without, we've well, probably heard enough of, of us in this way for now. Yeah, hour. we're good. We're good. <laughs> You're like, I'm good. So I think without further ado, we should just pop over and um revisit our combo with Katie that we had and let everyone enjoy. Enjoy.
0: We have you here to have kind of like a, a trend prediction conversation,
2: a wellness kiki, if you will,
0: a wellness kiki for (laughs) what's coming down the pipeline in 2021 in terms of wellness trends. I don't know if you know this about that. So retrograde, but I would say we started kind of as explorers in the trend space. And then it just I I would say we like found our own way within wellness. And then it kind of deepened with our own experience. And so we've gotten away from the trend coverage, but we always
1: tend to go back into it unintentionally. I remember your roots. I've been been listening to you two for a long time. I remember the trend forecasting up the front.
0: Awesome. But you guys are like really dialed in. You've got Scientific research to back it up. We've got, it's basically like, I'm imagining like your team doing like a goodwill hunting thing (laughs) on a dry erase board to pull this list together. We're so excited to get into it with you. There's a lot to cover. Let's start with what's going on, what you guys are predicting for trends around health in 2021. And I want to preface this conversation by saying the 2020 predictions, where the track that it was on, To where we've landed is what's happened with COVID. It ties hand in hand with wellness. Stephanie and I always talk about how now wellness is actually the most important thing because when we don't have it, it has literally stopped us in our tracks in every aspect of our life. So this data is actually quite fascinating, and it really starts from the top of like what we've all experienced and the shifts that we've all made throughout the pandemic and. How that's trickled down into, I mean, it's affected every industry. So this is just really fun to see how that data has now brought into to this conversation.
1: Absolutely. And I think something that you said that really resonates with me and a way that we've redesigned our trends this year is what we really saw. So A little bit of context, this is our 11th year of doing trends at Well and Good. I haven't been around for all 11 of those years but I've been around for a fair few of them now and what we've done every other year is really look at the industry holistically and pick between 15 or 20 things that we think were going to make a huge impact that year and it could have been, you know, we were very early to call something as simple as Marcha, Right through to really looking at the way last year that IVF is expanding to more and more people around the US. However, looking at trends this year, and absolutely to your point, the whole industry has turned on its head. I think a decade in wellness feels about a decade, maybe twelve years old, and really it's been on this exponential growth path, and we've seen so much change in the industry, but. It almost feels like it was one track and it was one note. And what this year has done, I think, has not only galvanized the masses to join the wellness conversation, it's also showcased some of the really big holes in wellness and some of the people and communities that are being left behind. And so it feels like every industry and every vertical of wellness, more specifically, has had to take a really good, hard look at themselves. and think about how they need to change over 2021 to stay relevant, to help more people, to truly practice what we all preach around making sure that as many people as possible can nourish their heart, mind, body, soul. And so really this year we are looking at, we have approached it by looking at what 2020 did to each vertical how it shifted and changed things, and then what that means for 2021. So a much more holistic approach for this year. And I think it really makes sense to start with health because it underpins it all in the era of the pandemic.
2: You know, I'm so happy that you said all that. And in that way, it really does make me grateful for 2020 in this industry, just because like it was trending in a certain direction that felt like really it was becoming this like inaccessible like wealth thing and like the gap between like the haves and have nots as as far as health is concerned was becoming like much larger and that's something that always stressed Elizabeth and I out where you know we would get to the point where someone would ask us what we wanted to recommend and we would always just recommend like breathing and drinking water because those are free things because it was like everything else just felt like we're going to sound like we think that everyone can afford like goop level health. And that is so sad because in a post pandemic reality, like I'm not someone who's like looking to a vaccine to cure this issue. It's like we wellness needs to be the thing that spreads everywhere. So people understand how to become like health warriors and advocates for themselves. Otherwise, we have no hope moving forward in a world where disease can spread globally as quickly as it did.
1: Yeah, I couldn't, I I really couldn't agree more. And, you know, I could go down this rabbit hole for so many hours because we, similarly to you two, we've just spent so much time thinking about this at Well and Good and really thinking about what we need to do to be better players and better advocates in this industry and make sure the next time a pandemic rolls around, hopefully it's not in our lifetime but that we're leaving a better more equitable world where we don't see communities of color so mm-hmm. devastatingly impacted at such higher levels by by something like this and essentially as you know as the research and the science and the data shows it's because there have been this you know this systemic racism which causes health access issues and i just think Wellness has felt previously like this frivolous thing to your point and like this very much for the 1% white privilege But really I think that the true value of wellness is that it needs to be at more of a grassroots level It needs to be keeping girls really engaged in sport It needs to be making sure that there are community fridges around for people to have food access It needs to be mental health resources for all communities and so doing our bit to try and make sure that reality comes true. And I think, you know, to tie this back to trends, we are, what is very hopeful for me is that we do spend a lot of time researching our trends, talking to experts, poring over reports, and the trends are really hopeful and bright and show this industry moving in a great direction.
2: That's awesome. If the industry of consciousness can't move in that direction, then we really have a big problem as a species. (laughs) Yes,
1: exactly. (laughs) Hard co-sign on that.
2: (laughs) Okay. So then for health, like what, what are we, what are we looking at and what are people really gravitating towards?
1: Yeah. So what we've seen is, you know, one in three Americans per the CDC, one in three Americans are reporting more feelings of anxiousness and depression during the pandemic, I mean wonder why makes, yeah, weird. wonder <laughs> why people aren't feeling good being safe at home, but still at home, where everything needs to you know their home needs to serve their everything and I'm not safe all- at
2: home. my brain is coming unhinged from the inside of my skull. I don't know what's going on <laughs> exactly, so we're all feeling a
1: bit crap, yeah. but what we have seen is that from so much of this just terribleness of 2020, there is some real innovation in the healthcare sector and really as it pertains to mental health. And so we're seeing that there is this incredible push from in the space of telemedicine and then telemedicine as it applies to healthcare and mental health. And really we are seeing that teletherapy in particular is going to see such increased usage over 2021 and lots of different companies and providers are coming to the table to make sure that there is a bigger offering around teletherapy and the best bit is insurance companies are
2: (laughs) so funny because i feel like no one ever liked driving to their therapist literally ever like it is the most annoying place to drive. And so it's like, why did we need a pandemic to help us figure out that we could just do it over the phone?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I would much rather talk to my therapist wearing my sweat yeah. and not having to like, you know, pull it together. It's like, do that lay your bed. That's yeah, exactly. Just exactly.
0: like, <laughs> unpacking and
1: unspiraling (laughs) yeah having an existential crisis while trying to stay alive on the road yeah (laughs) no more of that It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be gone and you know the best bit is in terms of access It allows so many more people access that weren't necessarily able to make that drive or, you know, they had to go to work then pick up their kids and they couldn't set aside an hour. And so it is doing incredible things for increasing the scope of access of therapy and insurance companies are coming to the party and recognising that this is a real need and so a lot of them are working on making sure that there is coverage for services like this. And what is even more interesting in this sphere is something that we're seeing really growing. And many of the experts and therapists we've talked to have confirmed this is text therapy. So Talkspace says... uh, Text therapy?
2: Okay, my friends would be very happy to know. (laughs) I'm
1: like, wait,
0: I
2: do that. (laughs) Yeah, that's just called a conversation.
1: Exactly, exactly. So this is the thing. Therapists are like, no, we can't speak all the time. You have your an hour a week. And now they're literally just, you know, on on the text line.
2: That's a dream come true.
1: I think it's awesome. And someone and we spoke to a representative from Talkspace and they said that unsurprisingly, text therapy seems to be the therapy modality that's most on the rise. And they really think that Over 2021, it will just continue to rise in popularity. They've seen new users grow by 150% in the last six months because of all the aforementioned stress and anxiety that so many of us are feeling. And so it's really awesome to see therapists really adapting and evolving. And I think what we've seen across so many verticals is that it feels like this, monstrosity of a year has forced many of the wellness verticals to think 10 years ahead like we would have got to te- teletherapy we would have got to text therapy mm-hmm. but i think it would have taken another decade rather than a pivot in a matter of months
2: oh uh, guys if you're going to use talkspace uh, that's code retrograde
1: <laughs> hey guys <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, friends. Hi. Hello. I would say a trend from 2020 is loving our sponsors. Oh, yeah. I was going to say it's staying home, but um, yes, also that. Okay. Well, two things that we have done, hydrating yep. and looking at stuff online. Yep. So first up, let's welcome Huzzah to the That's So Retrograde family. So guys, Huzzah (laughs) is our new favorite seltzer with added probiotics and three grams of sugar or less. And they've got three flavors, raspberry and lemon, strawberry and hibiscus, and juicy pear. I enjoy all of them, but I'm going to go ahead and say juicy pear
2: is my all-star. Okay, my all-star is strawberry and hibiscus. I just feel like the emergence of hibiscus into my flavor profile 2020 is one of my roses. Ooh. Yeah. It's a it's a botanical so zest.
0: Yeah. So the, and the juicy pear, it's like an invigorating pear. There's three grams of sugars and these drinks have 15 calories in them. If anybody feels like zoning back into the nineties and counting calories, we're here for you with the calorie count.
2: And if you feel like traveling back to 2020, it's good for your gut health. So look, it's hitting all the stops.
0: Truly, truly. So you guys can stock up on Huzzah Probiotic Seltzer by using our code RETROGRADE for 20% off your order at drinkhuzzah.com. And you want to know how to spell that? It's H-U-Z-Z-A-H.com. That's code retrograde for 20% off drinkhuzzah.com.
2: Now, now that we're uh,
0: hydrated,
2: now that we're well hydrated and our our, our microbiome is popping, we can sit down for a little online shop. You know, I need to focus and feel good before I can be, cruising the pages of the internet for uh, retail therapy.
0: And boy, is this a journey. We are talking about Tradesy, an online resale marketplace where women buy and sell luxury designer fashion. I don't think there's anything I love quite as much as popping into the TradeZ app on my iPad, cozying up under a gravity blanket and just checking out what pre-loved designer goods there are out in the world for us
2: now listen it is that journey and it's also a okay so it's been getting chillier you know elizabeth we've been talking about um the vest journey that we're on how we're both really into vests right yes. now
0: last week I, as i recall as we were recording the show yeah. you were multitasking multitasking <laughs> for a vest how did that go <laughs>
2: Wow. Well, so I was like, I really want a Patagonia because I'm really into Patagonia. I think they're a really good company. They're like much more sustainable than most of their level. They have high quality. It's not too expensive. But I went on their website and I was kind of shocked to find how expensive I, it was over one hundred dollars, the vest that I wanted to get. And I was like, hold a second. Let me go to trade and see what I can find. And I found a new Patagonia fleece vest. At a much lower cost, brand new with tags, and I was just like, "This is really cool! (laughs) Like, I love Tradesy. I can't believe this didn't exist before. Like, there's just so many clothes already in circulation. Before you go to buy something new, why not see if somebody already bought it? It doesn't fit them. They got it as a gift. It's not their vibe. Who knows?"
0: And I've said this hack before. I'm gonna say it again. There's an option when you're on Tradesy's website or using the app, and you can select. New with tags mm-hmm. items. So it's all stuff that's never been worn.
2: And this is worth saying in case anyone's wondering how is this possible? Every item on TradeZ is authenticated, just so you know. So you'll always get what you paid for or you will get your money back. They have a smart data technology system that can detect designer replicas with unparalleled 99.7% accuracy and reliability. Their team of friendly expert authenticators are there to help if you have questions or concerns. So you don't need to be like bringing out your magnifying glass and wondering if what they're selling is some sort of remake. It's not true. It's all real.
0: What's really cool is that you can return it if you don't like it. Yeah, so they have a great exchange policy where you get credit back for the site, no matter what it is. So, guys, the barrier to entries are quite low. And on top of that, we've got a code.
2: Hello, we've got a code. Go to TRADESY, that's T-R-A-D-E-S-Y.com and you will use our code RETROGRADE and you will save $50 on your purchase of $200 or more. That's tradezy.com code RETROGRADE.
0: Now, shall we go back to the
1: show? Take me back there, please.
0: All right, uh, zooming in now.
1: <laughs> Next up in health, we are going to talk about sex. Let's talk a little bit about sex because we have really seen two amazing, amazing evolutions in in the sex space. And in 2020, we called one of our big trends was we really felt that we were on the precipice and pretty much in the eye of a sexual pleasure revolution. Finally, pop culture was recognizing that women have orgasms and that's okay. We do? We, I know, so we <laughs> have feelings and needs as well. I've never um, had one.
2: And- <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and also, you know, porn was being created by women for women. Sex toys have come, have come really, haha, um really <laughs> a, an incredibly, an incredibly long way and, again, being designed by women for women. And so we've really seen that played out play out a ton over 2020, but two of the most interesting newer trends that we're seeing now and we think are going to be really big in 2021 and, you know, that the industry is going to really support consumer demand is that so many adults and, you know, we we talk to women, so I'll, I'll speak about women because that's where our data points are from, have told us that, you know, sex ed of their high school era, particularly women in their 20s 30s 40s left them with not enough education and a lot of shame you know it was really focused on heteronormative discussions it was really focused on not getting pregnant and there wasn't a lot of education about what it actually takes to feel pleasure as a person as a woman and so we're seeing really awesome companies like Dame have launched virtual classes around from everything from mindful sex to intimate allyship. Oh, yeah, they do great sex Dame. toys, huh? Yes, they do. They do great sex toys. And so what they're doing, and we've seen the same thing with Pornhub, who obviously are providers of porn, is these sex focused companies are really expanding from products or, you know, experiences through to education, because they realized that they were giving women the tools they needed to pleasure themselves, but still not filling in the gaps in terms of women feeling really good and rid of shame about self-pleasure and also partner pleasure, if that's what they choose. And they've just seen, it's almost like sexuality 101, and they've just seen such huge usage all bodies shifted their company, their business model entirely to workshops during the pandemic and have seen lots of people taking these up from anal pleasure 101 to polyamory. So people really being allowed to explore their desires and their kinks and, you know, the things that they want to do. Stephanie, I feel like you have thoughts.
2: I just love, I just love that people were so trapped in their house that they were like, but stuff like <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> they,
1: they were like you know what could feel new <laughs>
2: yeah we're gonna be here for a while we have other places now's we the time to, we can't explore outside so turn around <laughs> go inside yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly
1: I love that exactly. <laughs> everyone's just like it's time for exploration we've got some time on our hands let's do it seriously and we'll get a
0: puppy other people do butt stuff exactly. you
1: know <laughs> exactly to each his yeah, own exactly <laughs> baking banana bread polyamory
2: yeah sure bake a banana bread for your thruple. it'll be great <laughs>
1: exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> And like, I love it and I love that we can have a conversation about this on a really popular podcast because, you know, five years ago, would we have, maybe the three of us would have, I don't know, maybe we wouldn't have. And I just think that this continued like education and unlearning of shame and the weirdness that we're kind of taught around sex from such an early age is such a thing.
2: I mean, I can remember buying a vibrator off the internet, like, in college. Remember when the rabbit was really popular? Yes, yeah. yeah. Sex
1: in the City definitely did that. Yeah,
2: so Mm -hmm. I went down that journey, and I remember that when they, like, billed you on your credit card, they would put, like, a random word, and they wouldn't, like, say what it was, and then, like, they would label it something weird on the box, and it was all shrouded. It's, like, this company that makes fucking dildos can't even put that on the box and the person ordering it like there was just this weird like shame exchange between the supplier and the receiver and I remember right. being grateful for that at the time but also it added to my own shame of using it because I'm like well if the company can't even put it on my card and the box needs to be hidden like what does that say about me putting this thing like on my yeah. body like that's fucked up we've yeah. come,
1: we've
0: come it, so far c-u-m yeah
1: yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so far, masturbation and self-pleasure is being seen as a core form of self-care. And we're seeing this in the growth of sex toys and femtech. You know, there are predictions that by 2025, the sexual wellness market is going to be worth $40 billion, which is, you know, a lot of rabbits. I mean, yeah. it's the womanizer these days. I the love rabbit. the womanizer. What
2: are you? The womanizer. Yes. We all Whoa.
1: love the womanizer. Hello? Honestly, every single friend. I'm like, so guys, we have got to have a chat about how you really need the womanizer. Yeah. If there's one thing you do this year, you know, that's it.
2: That's like the most genius the invention of all time.
1: I know. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, Lily Allen wrote about it in her book, and I feel like that's where it all started. And then since then everyone's been like, Lily Allen likes it, and, you know, Well, let's go. Our
0: friend Emily Morse, who has the podcast Sex with Emily, that's been she's been doing the show for fifteen years. She's the one that told us about that. She gave us them. Ago. She gave us them.
2: We went to her, talk about a beauty closet. She has a dildo (laughs) closet and she gave us womanizers and whips and all this shit. We're just like, okay. Love it.
1: Love it. Love it. Love it. And so, you know, I think that we're going to see many new versions of the womanizer over 2021, because what we're seeing is this, you know, awareness of sexual pleasure being a key part of taking care of yourself and so the industry is responding with growth in sex toys even more kind of porn offerings made by women for women and the new beat for 2021 is that the new launches are really going to make this space also more inclusive and welcoming so that it's not just you know for so many years it was just pink dildos and now it's many different things in many different colours, size, shapes to be used by yourself with partners of various different genders and it's just such a cool it's such a cool expansion, I think.
0: This feels like a good transition into wellness for kids becoming a
1: child I, <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say moving on to se- moving on from sex to kids. Well I mean I think there are gonna be a lot of pandemic babies.
2: Yeah. Um, yes
1: and those babies according to all of the different experts that we talk to are going to be far more aware of their wellness so what we're seeing is that you know over the past couple of years we've had launches one-off kind of launches like yoga with elmo or meditation with barbie but Cute. Then the pandemic happened. Yeah, really cute. And so there was dabblings in the wellness for kids arena, but the pandemic happened and it's caused a new urgency for wellness programs geared towards kids and teens because parents, I'm not a parent, but friends of mine who are, are really nervous about kids being taken out of, you know, being able to be socialized and having their normal forms of education and being separated from their friends. Seeing everyone in masks, it's a really weird thing for a kid to experience. And then couple that with Gen Z, who are just amazing and going to save us all. And they're so much more aware of things like self-care and mindfulness practices. And so we're seeing a whole slew of launches towards the back half of this year and also moving into next year that's really catering to to wellness for kids. So everything from we work with an incredible woman called Nicole Cardoza um, and she created a brand actually seven years ago called Yoga Foster and it's really providing education around yoga and mindfulness for kids and she's seeing this as an even more important offering than ever and has big expansion plans for 2021, including making the courses available in Spanish. We saw a partnership between Sesame Street and the meditation app Headspace. We heard from them that they have more kid friendly plans in the works for 2021. Obey, the fitness platform, has created a lot of kid programming. Again, so many of, anecdotally, so many of my parent friends have said that yoga is something they're doing a lot more with their kids yoga for adrian which is free um she does free courses on youtube you know she's been around for a long time and it's mega popular she's really doubling down on the creation of doing of doing kind of yoga that's very focused for kids and teaching them things like mindfulness and so It's so nice to see this generation of wellness people investing back in in the younger generation because so many of the women in this children's wellness space happen to be black, indigenous or women of color. And just the most amazing people who are really trying to make sure that the kids coming up below us do not have the same experience being left out of health conversations, not having health equity that they did. And so it's such an important when when this trend was brought to me by my team, I was like, wellness for kids, I don't know, because I think about some of those bad players that are like bone broths for babies. And I'm like, are we just gonna peddle supplements to kids? Like this makes me feel not good. And then Really realizing who was in this space and what they were doing, I'm like, this is the actually most important part of the industry right now,
2: yeah, it's wow. so cool. It's so hard to like untrain us adults. And Elizabeth and I always are like, we should do like young adult stuff because we are the one we like if we could track back to when we really, really, really wished we'd learned this stuff, I would say, It was around 14 or 15 years old that I was like really starting to be connected with my body, really starting to have issues with my body, really starting to have trackable like stomach problems and all these things that I can remember really, really struggling with. And I if I knew a shred of what I know now, I would have avoided a lot of problems and pain. Let's move on to
0: beauty and self-care. These are some really interesting micro trends
1: that we're seeing. Yeah. So the best part about self care and the trend that underpins all of many of the micro trends we're seeing is that really this year has been such a good reminder for all of us that self-care is community care you can't and i think you know i think this underpins even the, the wellness for kids trend that we were just talking about you can't be well if you're isolated and lonely you can't be well if you're not connected to your community and you can't be well if you don't feel like you're giving back all of those people who study longevity from the blue zones through to other studies of longevity have really found that one of the key indicators of long-term happiness is our relationship with other people and so we have seen this incredible shift from So many people in the wellness industry thinking, you know, and honestly, myself included, I was like, my form of self-care is sitting down and watching Netflix and having a glass of wine. You know, that's what really makes me feel good. And like, yes, that still does. However, we've seen this shift from self-care being a picture of someone having a bubble bath or maybe doing yoga or lighting a candle or doing a face mask to really, connecting and giving back to their community in myriad different ways and we've seen it with our own events at at Well and Good we've done a lot of happiness and joy and mental health focused talks this year and whereas our IRL events were 75 people in New York we're now seeing over a thousand people from countries 26 countries attending these events and having connections with people they never would have met and it's just been so incredible to see and then you look at places like Ethel's Club, which is a healing community for black indigenous and people of color and during the pandemic they were forced to reimagine what their offering was, and now it's you know completely vertical they've seen membership grow from about one hundred and eighty people to over a thousand and there are so many different examples of that around the country and This is just, I think, the change that wellness needed because wellness was becoming so focused on the eye and so inward focused that we were kind of forgetting the people around us. And we're really seeing that being turned around this
2: year. Yeah. I mean, it's because we didn't, I think that none of us really realized to the extent to which we really need human contact. Yes. (laughs) Yep. You know, we just one of those things that we really took for granted. And I definitely was a person who was be around a lot of people and then be like, oh, I got to go be alone. And it's just really flipped on its head. Like being alone now is like, okay, fine. And then it does really feel so. I mean, remember when you came here, Elizabeth, and it was like, I mean, we we it was my birthday and we had like a chromatic a dance party. And having a dance party <laughs> was something that we would do like every weekend prior. You know, it wasn't something really yeah. to think about. And of course, we knew it was fun. But then doing it after eight months of not doing it, we were all like. Ah! At like, 1 p.m., by the yeah, way. Like, yeah, like whatever. <laughs> Who cares about time when, we, when you're together? Right.
0: Like it doesn't matter. Well, and to that, I think also just whereas connection and community was something that sort of just existed within the human experience. We now suddenly this year had to seek it out and take active steps to plan for it and do it in a way that was safe and that was under these really wild constrictions. So it just was so became so deliberate and became a choice versus something we just all had the luxury of experiencing?
1: So everyone's still stressed, guys. So, you know, the community thing's happening and people are feeling good, but of course everyone's still stressed because it was still the worst year. And what we're really seeing in the self-care space and in the tech space because I think more and more, and this loops back to the conversation we are having around health and taking your, own, your health into your own hands and having your own data to be able to go on that journey and demand answers of your practitioners. The big tech players like Apple, like Garmin, Fitbit, Aura and Whoop are really, they were tracking our steps they were tracking our heart rate variability. They've been tracking our sleep. The final, what feels like part of the final missing piece is tracking stress. And in speaking to all of these big players, we have really heard that for 2021, the whole focus is going to be about adding stress tracking to all of these apps or watches or rings so that people can kind of compare that puzzle of looking after physical, mental, emotional. And I think it's really, really cool because at the end of... Sorry,
0: how are people tracking this?
1: So there are a couple of different ways. One of the most popular ways is through electrodermal activity. So basically how well the skin conducts electricity. So it's really wild. Yeah, they can pick up. So that's what Fitbit is using they can pick up various different things that essentially show you how stressed your body is. There's also blood oxygen and tracking blood oxygen is another way which feels super futuristic and wild, but, and also heart rate variability is something that people like Whoop and Aura have been tracking for a really long time where they're able to start to see the patterns of your heart rate and then really know not only what your sleep patterns are and if you're in deep sleep or not, but how rested you are. And that's so tracked to the mental and stress and whether you've been able to get a break.
0: I always love it when there's something that I'm like, I've never heard of that. That's new
1: to me. Yeah. It was, this is the best thing about trends because we have our whole team and that's, you know, 15 journalists at this point, really they spend months on this. And so they unearth things. Most you know, half the things on the list previously I wasn't aware of or I only knew bits and pieces, but we really, before they even enter a trend, we ask for three very robust forward-looking data points. And so, you know, huge kudos to my team because they do a ton of work for this. But one that did not take as much work was our next self-care trend, which is just athleisure all the time. So this was already happening in many ways but we have seen it and will continue to see it just go to such a much bigger and omnipresent place because really we've all been wearing comfy clothes for so long and why would we go back to putting ourselves through the torture of wearing super super uncomfortable things and so we're seeing many of the companies that create undies and bras you know the bralette and taking out underwire is something that's happening really broadly across the industry. Most companies are finding different technologies to give support that isn't the uncomfortable underwire, swinging right through to so many companies, many of them which seem to be based in LA actually and, you know, constantly getting targeted by Instagram ads. I shopped it, Make the Label once and now it's literally hammering me in my feed But it's like these beautiful brands have launched to create really premium, beautifully made loungewear. And we're seeing that every single fashion brand that we talk to, whether they're a traditional athleisure, aloe, live the process, athletic type, or traditional kind of ready-to-wear fashion brands are thinking about how in 2021 their collections are going to encompass comfort and things like leggings and bike shorts melded with or I guess created in a way that they can be worn back in an office environment or they can be worn to dinner and it's just really nice because like I just don't ever we call them hard pants at work jeans are hard pants wet soft pants and so I just don't I'm like I don't know do I ever need to be wearing hard pants again I don't feel that good about it right now
0: I agree I am grateful to 2020 for it opening up my it opened me up to my true essence of that I always want to dress like a camp counselor
2: yes (laughs) like yes
0: like the or like the activities coordinator at camp You know, there's a little bit more freedom there.
2: I mean, it's two p.m. and I'm still in the clothes (laughs) I slept in. So, (laughs) hi. Oh yeah, that is
1: that's that's where we're all at. Strength in numbers.
0: Yeah. Okay, so beauty Beauty. trends for 2021.
1: Yes, beauty trends for 2021. So, something that will not surprise either of you two is pandemic personal care is having a moment. So searches oh, for really? mask me yeah searches for mask me are uh, up like 500 percent on places like reddit and on google because suddenly you know we all have these pimples across our jawline and our nose and i think for a month everyone was like what's going on too much time inside and it's like oh no our mask is really causing a lot of a lot of chafing and also people are really worried about being in front of blue light more than ever and our hands are really dry because we're washing them and sanitizing them more than we ever have before and so the hand sanitizer
2: addiction is spooky real
1: yeah it's and I think you know it will stay I think we're all now hooked and we're seeing luxury beauty brands like Augustinus and Hanacure and many others launching like really elevated skin-friendly soaps and sanitizers because they know we're all hooked but also lots of the hand sanitizers we've been using are really damaging for you know for your hands and so the industry's evolving to to give us different different options and we're seeing that as well across skincare so much in terms of really every brand having in everything which helps fight acne so you know lots of brands like Fenty's Fat Water Toner, CeraVe's Latest Cleansing Bar, La Roche, Posay, Skin Soothing, Moisturizer all of them have had niacinamides added and then lots of the traditional sunscreen brands like Supergoop and Cooler are adding blue light defense products to their lines and so it's crazy Mm. it's really wild to see the industry completely pivoting and growing to meet these new demands.
0: Yeah, we love this um hyaluronic serum that uh, they just started adding a blue light blocker to it. It's honor MD Hope 20. It's the best.
2: Yeah. Love it.
0: it. Love it.
1: Well this is it. I I don't know about you but I'm definitely spending way more time in front of my screen than outside in, you know, the sun's rays and your SVF doesn't work. And which I didn't know until till we started with these trends and I was like right.
2: okay well that sucks aging here I come anyway. I didn't even think of the fact that the computer has that effect like I would have never thought about for my eyes sure because right. you know, they get tired but yeah from that from the ray component of skin like this is actually the first time that I'm even thinking about that this was this was me yeah. four months ago and yeah. I was like oh
1: that sucks yeah that <laughs> well, <it> makes
2: sense <laughs>
1: yeah exactly one of the other really big areas of growth that we're seeing in the beauty industry and you know we'll say better late than never but it definitely is late but seeing um bipoc owned beauty brands and particularly black owned beauty brands getting the funding that they deserve so we have Seen Glossier launched an incubator and they've given half a million dollars in grants to 16 different Black-owned beauty brands. We've also seen the 15% pledge really take hold across retailers like Target, Sephora, Whole Foods, started by the amazing Aurora James. And you know, hopefully, 15% is just the start, and we'll see an even higher percentage number for 2021. We also have seen um, places like black apothecary office launch as another black owned accelerator for black and latinx owned businesses all within the beauty space and it's so cool because you know black women have such buying power so not only was it racist and wrong to exclude them from the beauty conversations and from beauty retail also was bad business and so we're really you know many of the brands that work we work with and talking to Aurora, all of the women that we spoke to feel really hopeful that this is just the beginning of more VC money um, being pumped into these incredible businesses and reaching better parity and equity within the beauty space and it's absolutely needed because beauty products are absolutely, you know, you all know this, but so far from one size fits all. And so this is such an important shift.
0: Yeah, we're
1: so happy
0: to hear this and to see major, major platforms like Well and Good talking about this. It's really,
1: it's so important. Totally, totally agree. And then another thing that I think is a real positive, but is a very different trend to what we've been seeing for the last couple of years is actually a simplification of our beauty step routines for so long made very popular by k-beauty the 10-step skincare routine was we were all all about it i mean everyone on instagram was showing their 800 different products they use their shelfies were like packed with brightly colored things and i think that what people there have been a couple of things that have helped people realize that maybe isn't the best thing for our skin and you know now the industry is responding but I think the first thing was derms are now the new like reddit instagram superheroes derm are really mm-hmm. you know spreading spreading their knowledge wide we have a very derm focused Series called the on on Well and Good, and we're just seeing consumers' knowledge around skincare grow so much. And most dermatologists will say women need four to five products max. You know, an antioxidant serum, a cleanser, an SPF, a retinoid, and a moisturizer. And you could probably knock the serum out and retinoid only for some people. So really we just don't need to be piling a million things on our face. And it was leading to a lot of skin sensitivity. And so with the big skincare boom of this year and people being home with more time, I think people were trialing so many different things because they were bored and everyone's skin got really oversensitized. We were wearing masks. And a lot of the dermatologists we spoke to said people were coming in with, you know, really inflamed skin, super sensitized. And we're now seeing the beauty industry, which, you know, seems counterproductive for them because less products means less money. But so many cool brands are launching three and four step routines, like the step routines of our past. You know, I will never forget the Clinique, I guess, three step routine. My mom used to use it and I was like. You know, it was like that and working at magazines that made me feel like that's when I'd be an adult.
2: So true. I love Monique. Oh my God. That yellow gentle moisturizer. Yes. Yes. That was iconic. Yeah. So iconic. So iconic.
1: Yeah. And like, we've lost that, you know, we all use so many different things, but Epilogic has launched a science-backed four-step routine in the last couple of months, LTRMD, D. has released a three-step routine. Atola Skin Health has plans for 2021 releasing a step routine. And we spoke to Dermstore and they, you know, have also seen this huge rise in demand for kind of paired back, paired back beauty. And so they are, for 2021, really going to pair kind of problem and solution packages for consumers and Fenty Beauty are talking about repackaging its products into like a four-step AM and PM routine in 2021. So hopefully, you know, more is less next year. I'm really happy to
0: hear this hitting the mainstream. As our audience knows, I suffer from really, really sensitive skin. And the best thing I ever did to clear up the irritation that was all over my face was to go on a two-week product cleanse, nothing but a really gentle soap free cleanser and that was it and it turned the page for me so I always try to shout it from the rooftops that if you're dealing with anything take away everything try that it's really counterintuitive because we always want to add something to fix it but like you got to kind of clear clear the deck and start new
2: well, I think that really speaks very beautifully to the whole mentality of of everything, which is that we constantly think that more is more and that the more you consume, the better you'll get. You'll take this vitamin, you'll do that thing or whatever. And really, it's like, no, your body wants to naturally be in harmony and less is actually way more. A. Yes. And, yes. I couldn't agree more. And
1: I'm exactly the same Elizabeth, I have rosacea. And when my derm told me to just stop everything, use a really gentle cleanser called Sente and a bean moisturizer. I was like, what are you talking about? That's what I use. Oh, how good is it? It's It's great. Same for me. It truly, I I feel what you said really resonated with me. Cause I'm like, yes, it really turned the page for me too. And so I was so excited that this when I saw this trend because I'm like I think this is what so many people need to do you know and you know it's not fun like knowing
0: like I really can't no. use face oils or like any of those like, luxurious moments no. like it needs to be so simple for me and it yep. really went when I realized that it was really going against I'm using this in air quotes the trends of like this beautiful luxurious. Self care yep. skincare routine. It was like, nope, I can use soap and then I use like the Avene water spray as a moisturizer. Yep. And it's like, and we're good.
1: Yeah. No, I'm exactly the same. I can't use vitamin C. I can't use, yeah. Anyway, same. it saves us a lot of money. Skin <sighs> sisters. Okay. Yeah, so finally, we have finally, probably up there with one of the most important sustainability. Sustainable beauty is coming to a drugstore near you. So we are just seeing that we, we spoke a lot in our 2020 trends around about, you know, the beauty industry was really waking up to its problems around packaging and water and a lot of brands, but mostly indie brands had made amazing commitments to reducing their carbon footprint by the year 2025, most of them. But what we've seen now is that so many of the huge, huge players like L'Oreal are really committing to making sure that every packaging, every piece of packaging they use is either recyclable, compostable, reusable by 2022, which is incredible and really will have such a big, big impact on this industry. Also, a lot of the big brands are really thinking about how they use water because, you know, of water is such a huge problem globally. The, in- the beauty industry uses so much of it. Unilever is coining the term refill, reuse revolution, and they're trialing Great. programs around the world to really start to make sure that as many consumers as possible are really using refill refillable products and that they're kind of re educating their consumer base to think about one time purchases or one time bottles of the past
2: which I think is so cool it's also like really easy if you find a refill place near you and like if Unilever as a company put up right brick and mortar refill stations that would truly change the world because now that I've been doing refill for the past like five or six months because there's a place near me it's crazy how much more I notice the cycle of what I was buying like Obviously I was recycling, but I wasn't thinking about how many times a year I was buying laundry detergent. Like these are little things that we don't realize over time have a really, really big effect. Like if you have one glass bottle for laundry detergent for the rest of your life, every person on the planet, that's insane. It's totally yeah. And that's just one home product.
1: Exactly. And so this is we're seeing positive signs in the drugstore space, which is what really needs to happen. Cause to your point, it's all around access. And unless the CVSs and Walgreens of the world are able to get, you know, their big mass mainstream brands doing this, which most of them have said they will, it's just not going to be sustainable for everyone to do. And so it's really good shifts. Nearly every beauty brand that we spoke to has made a very sizable commitment in this space. And so now it's about them, you know, really putting putting their money where their mouth is, so to speak, and and making the
2: changes. And it's also about us as consumers, you know. That yes, the onus is on the companies, but it's also on the consumer to say, okay, I don't see this brand making any strides towards being sustainable. I can no longer support them. Yeah, I know that's inconvenient because you might love that facial cream or whatever, but. I promise you there's a comp somewhere out there that has the ethos that's more in line with where we need to be going. And then once the consumer does that, then the companies will have to have to shift.
1: Well, said. Yeah, I think absolutely. Yeah, such an important point. And at Well and Good, we're really trying to also do our due diligence to only support brands with, you know, our recommendation, our affiliate program that are doing the right things in terms of diversity equity inclusion and climate and so i think you know we have a real responsibility as well to make sure that we're we're doing doing the right thing there
0: yeah we need I mean, to mention aether beauty we had the founder on our show a few years ago she was had formerly been at sephora and really witnessed firsthand the immense amount of packaging waste They happen not just with the products they carried, but also in the displays because those were changed off every season. And so we went so deep on this and she created a product. It's the first compact. It doesn't have a magnet in it, doesn't have any mirrors in it. It can be completely recycled. Like there's so much thought. We need to be looking at brands who are doing like a full 360 in terms of how they're offering their products to us so that they can even when we're done with them, we can get rid of them without them damaging our planet. It is so important. And they're at Sephora now. So I just want to shout that out. It's like a small indie beauty awesome. brand. They're f- phenomenal. Because I feel like I there needs to check be this, them out.
2: this mentality that like green beauty like sucked. Like, and I I felt that too. You know, I was like, okay, there was like a few things maybe like at the body shop. I don't even know that's so like antiquated, but you know, it was like the quality wasn't there, but like these brands like Aether and RMS and all these new beauty brands, like they're really amazing. Yeah. I prefer them to the, to the traditional because, because they're having to use that, 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 Inventive mentality, they're coming through with like cooler things across the board, not just in the realms of sustainability.
1: Totally. Such innovation happening yeah. in the beauty space right now. And I can't wait to see where it goes over the next 12 months because I think it'll get us to an even better industry.
2: What's the read from Well and Good? Sorry, just one more question on like cosmetic dermatology. Cause like I feel like everyone's on Zoom. And I remember in the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, I'm not getting Botox anymore because I'm going to like, be natural. And then I saw my face on Zoom a couple of times and I was like, "Okay, we're not going to take that leap now. And I don't I would be curious of like the statistics of of that sort of thing. I don't know if that's something that you guys really track.
1: We've definitely talked about it a lot. And I think that Botox is having as bigger time as ever because I really do think the zoom effect on how we all feel about our faces is so real yeah. it's so unnatural what we're doing and I remember also thinking I'm gonna save money and like not get my forehead injected and then you know two months in I was like it, the derm wasn't open it wasn't safe to go and I was like all oh, I would what I would do right yeah. now is to go and get these lines you know and I just think Ultimately, I personally, and you know, we try and do this as a site. I'm like, whatever makes you feel good, that's healthy for you, that doesn't hurt anyone else, that you know, that that works for you. And I think that having to stare at your face on Zoom all the time, I know my derm has been, you know, she's got a wait list for months and months and months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean,
0: there's. it's one thing to, like, be confined to your home and bummed out and, like, dealing with all the things that the pandemic has brought up. It's another thing to go through all of that, not loving your face. Like, whatever makes you happy. Exactly. Except the Taurus. Exactly. You exactly. at least exactly. just want to catch a glimpse in the mirror and be, like, looking good.
2: Not everything is dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly, well, exactly. well.
0: All I'm gonna say, you know, we we joke about disowning wellness and all of that, but this really got me excited about the whole world of it all and, and where it's going and how far it's Same. come and the expansion. And this was such a great conversation. So thank you so much, Kate, for, for yeah. breaking this all down for us. What a what a treat. I love a good forecast. Yeah,
1: I loved it. Thanks so much. Gray. Thank you. Yes, that's